Oh, there's another question. Oh, oh no, that's just the, the recording. Uh, okay, so you mentioned Satan's conspiracy theory in session one being the lie that God doesn't want what's best for us. Uh, we know he does want what's best for us. How does that work for the non-elect? Is that uh, still true? Uh, yeah, wow. So we're actually thinking about, um, at that point, uh, when we start talking about election, when we start talking about predestination, um, there is, as Stacey uh, uh, spoke about, predestination and election is a wonderful truth because it is wonderful for our assurance uh, to know uh, that God has actually made us uh, and has chosen us before the beginning of time, as it says in the beginning of Ephesians, uh, to be his, uh, a wonderful and great uh, truth. Uh, when we start then, though, to think about, well, uh, what are some of the implications for those who are uh, not Christian, those who are, sorry, no, that's the wrong phrase, actually, those who are not elect, uh, then we can start to think, oh, how does it actually work? Um, now, there's a number of answers that the Bible gives to that question of God's election and how it works with his greater purposes. Uh, and one of the answers that the Bible gives uh, is there in Romans chapter 9, and the answer is um, that God is God, and God can do what he wants, and actually we are human, and we can't necessarily fathom everything that God uh, you know, is, is doing. Um, and so there is a sense in which us seeking to penetrate the depths of God's elective purposes um, and to make full sense of it in our own human capacity is not necessarily something the Bible encourages us to do. That is, when it mentions uh, predestination and election, it mentions it so that we can rejoice in God's purposes and be assured of his salvation. Um, the other thing that we need to keep remembering is when we think about the, the non-elect, that's not exactly the same. Well, it's not, you know, it's not the same as thinking about those who are presently not Christian uh, because I don't know who the non-elect are uh, and what God calls us to do as, you know, Jason says, reading evangelism and the sovereignty of God, uh, is to share that gospel. We have a responsibility to share that gospel uh, and so human responsibility comes in there as well. So I'm not trying to avoid the question here. <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to say is that... Um, God um, does indeed want what's best for us. And he calls upon us to come to him and to trust him uh, and to be his people in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what's best for us and that is what God wants. And actually it says that God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That is what God wants. He wants what is best for us. How does that work in terms of God's secret purposes of election and non-election? Um, I'm not going to say, uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to dodge this. I think the Bible says that we can't fully fathom that. But what the Bible says is, trust him. He does want what's best for us. So to come to him and tell other people to come to him and trust him because he wants what's best for us. That's one answer. And another answer is, as you see in Romans 9, ultimately God is God. So if, if we make everything focused around us, you know, the biggest truth in the world is that God has a plan for your life and it's all about you, well, we're actually going astray there. It's actually about, about God and it's about God's glory. So God wants what's best ultimately for, for his glory, which is what is best for us, and yet it's not focused around um, us. So there's a, 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 a multiple answer to that question. 
Uh, second question, given Jesus' kingdom is not of this world, as he says in John 19, as he's up against a post-truth politician, should Christians seek to influence government policy towards upholding uh, Christian ethics? Um, yeah, now there's a couple of, there's a, there's a, there's a couple of, um, uh, of, of ways that we, we need to approach this. Jesus, at that point, when he says, my kingdom is not of this world, is talking about his kingdom, which is the great kingdom that he will bring about um, at the end of the ages, but which he is actually bringing about right there on his death on the cross. And he's saying that is not a the kind of kingdom that you're thinking about, Pilate. You're thinking about, you know, your human power structures. You're thinking about um, the, the Roman Empire and your place in it and how you're going to run Judea, you know, and all that kind of thing. And Jesus is saying, look, what I'm doing here in my death on the cross and, and, and everything that I'm doing, that's, that's not what it's about. So don't put the, the, the what I'm doing here is my kingdom um, into that category of human power structures. Completely different thing. Um, and so uh, that, that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing there. So does that mean that, uh, so, so, so what we can do then is we can think, okay, so you've got two entirely separate kingdoms. You've got Jesus' kingdom and you've got the kingdoms of this world. And as Christians, you know, what, what, we do, what we then do is we're in this one and we're not in that one. Um, the thing is, though, when you, are, when you become a Christian, you don't stop being a human being. And sometimes we can think that, you know, and we can actually think that in terms of our, you know, our, our service of God. We can think, you know, I'm a superhuman now. I've got... God's spirit in me, but actually you need to think, no, you're also a human being. You know, you need to care for yourself and, you know, you need to eat and things like that. And part of being a human being is that we live in the kingdoms of this world, whether we like it or not. Yeah, the decisions that we make are political decisions. And if we say we're going to, you know, not be involved at all in any kind of, uh, any kind of politics or any kind of um, uh, human decision making, then we'd actually have to go and you know, set up an entirely new island somewhere um, and, you know, start our own kingdom, which is Jesus' kingdom. And if we did that, we'd be involved in politics as well because we're all human beings, okay? So it's in that um, we are involved in this world. Now, we're involved in this world in two ways. One is simply because we are human beings. We want to love. We want to love each other. Love your neighbour. Love your neighbour involves who, who's my neighbour? Well, you know, when Jesus tells that, that parable of the Good Samaritan, one of the things he's saying is that you know, I'm the one who will save you and you can't do it yourself. But he's also saying go and do likewise. He's, he's talking about love and love involves loving people. How do you love people? Well, sometimes to love people you've got to get organised so that you're loving people in a more organised way. So one of the reasons that we should be involved in uh, our, our world is because we want to love each other. We want to love our neighbour. We want to love Christian and non-Christian because we're human. And so... Some of the debates that we might have, for example, around euthanasia, um, that is not just us trying to impose some kind of religious view on otherwise very happy people. You know, otherwise, you know, they're completely happy, wonderful, secular people in their secular lifestyle. We're coming along and imposing our religious view. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to stop um, a culture of anti-aging, sorry, anti-ageism, which leads to death and people feeling like they don't want to live anymore. You know, that's kind of what we're doing. 
Um, and we're doing it, though, because we believe that God actually does tell us the right way to live as human beings. And so it is actually good for our world. Now, um, it's not as if, you know, what God's word says is good only for us and is going to be really bad for our world. It's actually going to be good for them. But at the same time, there is a, a, a much bigger priority that we have, and that is we do want to love people, but actually what we want to do is to be able to share and proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And so, you know, there's, there's debates about religious freedom that are going on. And you got, you, you've got to think about that in terms of it, all politics is compromise, so it's all about compromise. You know, you, you'll compromise. Um, and the thing about religious freedom, it's a little bit uneasy because you go, well, well, actually, you do want to argue for just general religious freedom in our world because it's good for our society that you can have free speech and things like that and for people. And also, it's actually really good for us to have the freedom to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus to people. So, again, that's a kind of a more complex answer, but it's got to do with um, uh, how do you actually do that? And there's different answers to that question as to how you engage politically. Uh, and different people have different views on that. And that's actually okay. You know, that we, we'll have different understandings as to how to do that. Some will have a, a bigger uh, view of how much the state should be involved and some will have a much bigger of human liberty and a much bigger view of human liberty and that's okay. And we can talk to each other about that. But actually the idea of doing it is is um, okay. I've had, so that's been two. There's two questions. How are we going for time? Yeah. 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 Otherwise I can start reading out some of these, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. yeah, one, one yeah. question. Um, yeah. I love watching like politics type um, stuff on YouTube and the, the discussions and debates that go on. Mm. Um, considering sort of what you're saying before about really only finding identity in Christ and mm. true identity as opposed to actually your personal feeling, mm. where's the place for if it's so personal and you can't tell me what I am? Yeah. Where's the place for like those discussions? Whatever, when the true identity is only found in your own Jesus. Can you argue, can you debate hmm. in reality when people are saying, first of all, you have this external thing, but I'm talking about my personal reality, so therefore your arguments are not really speaking to my When we're talking about that as Christians, yeah. you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think so people will. Um, because our world, you know, it sees it's all sort of an internal, an internal thing, and they'll, so you're saying they'll see Christianity as an internal thing as well. Is, yeah, is that, like, like you, yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you want to, you know, maybe someone's coming along and saying you can't tell me who I am and I'm like, mm. the divine mm. female or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there actually any point in having those discussions with people, mm. or is it only well, that's always told. Yeah, yeah. So let me tell you what I'm trying to do in my book. Yeah. <laughs> so that um, that is. Yeah, I was hoping. Okay, yeah, that's right. I was trying to do that. Yeah. We're trying to I'm thinking through what, what was I was trying to do. My, my book is in three parts. Um, the first part, and it's not quite the same as the structure of these talks. So the structure of these talks, I've been actually starting more with the Bible. Um, but the, the first part of my book goes for quite some time, um, and my editors have said to me, um, actually, um, <clears throat> it gets quite depressing, uh, because <laughs> the first part, I'm doing um, cultural critique. 
Uh, and I'm just what I, what I actually do is uh, I start with the idea of um, you know yeah I start with kind of post truth politics because that's the most obvious kind of thing. And then uh, what I actually say is look the problem isn't just politicians. And then I start talking about technology, um, and, and I said, but the problem isn't just technology. And then I start talking about culture, um, and you know the Meghan Markle stuff and all that. And I say, well, no, the problem's not just culture. <laughs> I'll talk a bit about philosophy, and show up all these problems with the sort of philosophy. And so the problem's not just philosophy. <laughs> I'll talk about relationships that we have. And so actually, the problem is is in our hearts. Why am I doing that? Is that apologetics? It sort of is. But it's what um, someone who, who I, I know from way back, um, I, think it's, I think Philip Jensen came up with this. He calls it categoretics, which is a weird word. Mm. Apologetics means defence. What I'm trying to do is just go, it's sort of like accusation, like <laughs> coming to the world and actually saying, and, but I'm not trying to just do it in a, in a I, I, yeah, we hate the world. What I'm trying to do is actually bring people along with me and go, this doesn't work, does it? Isn't this tragic? Isn't this awful? Um, and so the first part of my book, I actually don't bring the gospel directly in at that point. All I'm doing is just saying, come alongside and let's just live in this for a while and let's just see how bad it is. You know, try and live this way. This is really bad. I, my heart goes out to those trans activists who feel that the only way that they can get any recognition is by vitriolically attacking J.K. Rowling because our world is set up so that the only way that you can get help is by attacking people so that you're the bigger victim. And it's like this, they're just climbing on top of each other to try to get on top of the pile of, hey, I'm a victim too. It's tragic and it's awful. And, and I think it's a way of loving people. But, but so it's, it's rather than... Rather than um, just let, letting people just go on in, in the, the tragedy and the, the weirdness and the confusion. I'm just saying, this is really bad. But then as I get to the end, I say, actually, maybe we should consider God. <laughs> because actually, for the last 2,000 years, and I, I'm, I'm quite um, Tom Holland, who's not, not the Spider-Man one, the other one, uh, <laughs> the guy who um, has actually written the history of, of, of Western civilization and is, is a historian, he's got a podcast for his other things. And what he actually says, he's not yet a Christian, I don't think. It looks like he's, maybe he's moving towards it, I don't know. But he says that the, the, the gospel, especially the cross of Jesus Christ, actually has affected so much of our history. And he actually shows how the cross of Jesus Christ has massively affected and even undergirds the kind of woke culture that we have today. You know, so it comes from the cross. Um, and it's, it's, it's a particular version of something that's coming from the cross of Jesus Christ. That is, we care for people. Um, you know, but it's it's gone in, in different ways. Um, so rather than sort of fighting the work culture directly, he's saying that's what the cross does. Um, and that can help to sort of say, maybe, maybe this gospel actually does have something to offer us because none of the other things do. Uh, yeah, so and my editors have said, can you, like, it's a bit depressing, can you sort of say every so often, it's okay to skip to part two if you want to at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, thanks for that, that opportunity to talk about my book, which I didn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm saying that because we can do that too. Like it's, it's, I'm, I'm doing that. Um, you know, I'm saying you know we're all different. You know, not everyone's writing a book or whatever. But you can do that with your friends. You can just get alongside them and just say that, and it really sucks being in this human situation that we're all in, and we're all sinners, and there's a problem in our hearts. That's what the Bible says.
um, too. You know, there's a, there's an actual answer. Yeah. Can you say a bit about what you think about uh, the place emotions play mm. yeah. in terms of yeah. Yeah, like, but then it's kind of mm. the facts, but I guess sometimes it's easier to think about the facts and make the truth out of emotions mm. or yeah. there may not be true. Yeah. Is there a place where actually emotions are true out of all, yeah. all revealing of truth than cold hard information? It, it, so it depends on it depends on the type type of truth and it depends on how you how you're doing. That is um the the cold hard facts um sometimes are not necessarily revealing of 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 the, the truth, it depends on what the kind of truth is. Um, who, who, who won the, the, the match, like, was it France or was it Australia, you know, last night? Well, there's a fact, and one's true and one's not. Um, and your emotions play no role in determining who won last night. Uh, but your emotions do play a role in, in determining how you feel about it and, and our reactions to it. So, um, our, so, so it depends on the kind of truth. Um, so emotions are really important. They matter. It's, it's what makes us who, who we are. Emotions also can give us really good intuitions, gut reactions to things that help us to go, that, no, that's wrong. I don't know why it's wrong, but it's wrong. Or that's right, that's true. Um, one of the ways in which you access emotions, one of the most strongest ways, is through stories. Um, so when you can tell a good story, that can really just help to both talk about the facts, but also to help to access the actual emotions and draw people along. Um, is it wrong to tell stories to draw people into the truth? Uh, no, because most of the Bible is, is stories. The Gospels, that's what they are. And what the Gospels are doing, though, is they're drawing us along, but they're not just going straight for our emotions and putting the emotions on the top and saying, just go for you, just go for your gut. What they're doing is they're bringing it all together. That's what you see in John's Gospel. You actually see all of those things together. You see Jesus as the truth. He's a person. You want, you want to trust him. You want to, you want to follow him. The story draws us along. It gives us tragedy and it gives us... Um, but it's not just... It's, it's also doing it in terms of the reality of testimony. This, it's not just a raw emotion. It's not like Prince Harry who says, it's just all about how I feel. It doesn't care about objective facts. It's all working together. Um, the Puritans had a, a view of the heart, that is the inner, the inner self, uh, which is drawn from the Bible, and I think closely in, in some ways uh, mirrors what is there in the Bible. That is, the heart is the mind, the will, the conscience, and the affections. And what they meant by that is it's, it's all those things together. That is, it's, it's how we think intellectually about things, the mind, it's the conscience, how we think morally about things. You know, this is wrong, this is right. It's the will, how we decide about things and what, we, what we, we want. And it's also the affections. But the affections are, um, are deep. And that's a good thing, but it also means that if you just try and go straight for the emotions without the rest, then that's where you end up in, in trouble. And that's actually what social media does. It goes straight for the gut reaction all the time. Uh, the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's not saying be transformed, you know, j just think about the cold half facts. It's saying as you see these things, as your mind changes, it's also your will and your, your conscience and your affection. So it's all those things together. But um, we, we should be going from God, you know, through the whole human being rather than just going straight for the gut. I think it's, you know, pretty, yeah. 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 Y
Um, we're really talking about ways of knowing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Miles. And, yeah. Um, yeah. The young people that many of us need to help with mm. different ways of knowing. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And it feels like we're in a marketplace of mm. yeah. knowing. Mm. Mm. And they don't care. Mm. Right. Mm. And that, for me, that's the big thing, right? They yeah. just don't Yeah. You know that. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But the way that it's expressed, yeah. Yeah. Try and rationalize. Yeah. 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 Yeah, about how to actually how to actually reach people. I don't know if I've I've read a huge amount about about that kind of apathy, um, but it is interesting because in this week in the way, um, I've actually sort of reversed a little bit about what I what I do in my in my book. In that, in in this week in the way, I've actually done more of the ideas stuff and then gone from that sort of start from ideas and then moved more towards application. In my book, what I've actually done is I've gone more um, just get alongside and head for the, the, the conscience. Now, you know more about young people than I do, but my thought is that young people, in one sense, they don't care, but very often they really do care. You know? But the reason that they care is because, you know, someone on TikTok told them they should and um, told, it was really funny, we had a really funny video. And um, then, uh, you know, so, so, so they went for their emotions, but it's also starting to affect their, their, their conscience and, and those other things. Um, and so uh, my, my sense is that people do care about a whole of things, but you're right, it's, it's sort of accessing that. Um, we sort of start with the facts. What I want to do is do what the Bible does and tell the story, and which is what the Bible does. Uh, and people might say, oh, I don't care about this story. But you go, well, look, this is a really fascinating guy, Jesus. Um, let's, just, let's just come along with, 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 with this. So I haven't necessarily read a whole lot directly about apathy, but um, what I know and, 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 and I read and I keep seeing is that actually what the Bible gives us is it tells us Jesus. It tells us the story of Jesus. And here's this, here's this guy that we can just sort of come along with and then just start to learn about and come to know um, and that's not just sort of the facts. That's that's yeah. Does that does that help or is that yeah? Because um, people like people love stories, and social media is just lots of really short stories. <laughs> um, sometimes incredibly short stories. But, uh, yeah, but no, good thinking. You're probably think, doing lots of good thinking about that yourself. Thank you. That's uh, that's good. We I think what we'll do just for time, we will uh, jump straight to our Bible reading, and then we'll have. You speak to us for the last time, and uh, then we go from there. Uh, so Nigel is going to bring our Bible reading to us uh, from John chapter four. No, no, not from John chapter four. You, you, you texted me the wrong one. I texted the wrong one. I checked with the speaker. I would always go with the speaker. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're looking at one John chapter one for session four. Yes, that's why it's got the four in it. <laughs> 